I want you to, just for a moment, imagine you've been training for weeks, for months, maybe even years. It's time for the race. There's so much activity. There's so many things going on all around you. But things start getting quiet in your head as you come to the line for getting prepared to make sure you get a good start. You, you start to go up to your starting block that looks like one of these, I'm told. <laughs> you get in your position, all things are now quiet. In your head, you might have some things that your coach had said to you kind of running through your mind as just last-second preparations. You think about all of the work that you have put in to get to this point, to start this race, to run this race. Then you look to your left, you look to your right, and you see others who have also been preparing. You see also others who have also been working and talking to their coach. And it gets deadly quiet on your mark. You wait for the little hammer to close and the, and the little revolver to the starting gun. You hear nothing. Then boom, the starting gun goes off and you start to run and you hear the beep. Somebody had a false start. You have to do it all over again. Running the race. Thinking about how prepared are you. Are you ready for this race, this big moment in your life? We're in a series, and we'll just be a three-week series as we start today, running the race. Now, I want to make this, I'm going to make this caveat a couple of times. This race that we're referring to isn't a race to salvation. Salvation is handled on the cross. It was done on your behalf if you're a follower of Jesus. He has died for you. You bring nothing to that equation. He brings everything. We just bring our surrender. What we're talking about is running this race for a reward in heaven. We will all stand before Christ who will be sitting on the Bema seat giving us our rewards for what we've done with this life. Are you ready to run this race? You might be thinking, I hope so. I've been running it for 65 years. But here's one of the cool things about being a follower of Jesus. Not only is today a new year, the mark of something new, something perhaps different in your life. But this morning, yesterday morning, and tomorrow morning, His mercies were made new in your life. And you get a fresh start. Man, you get a fresh start to run this race that we are in today. And I want us as Brian, or this Brian family, I want us to be strong runners. I want us to be prepared for the race I want us to stand before Christ having done all that we can do and have no regrets. By the way, before I jump in here any further, we are going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, if you'd go ahead and like to turn your Bibles there. Please excuse my voice. You will notice that uh, I, don't, I don't sound quite normal today. Not that I'm ever normal, but uh, a little bit less normal. And uh, I also kind of came in late, and I'm going to leave immediately after the service as I am under the weather today. And uh, if you're in your first row, well, you know what? There's a risk. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'll try to stand back if I get excited so I don't project too much on all of you. I love that 
the new year. I, I really do like New Year's Day. Um, I couldn't care less about New Year's Eve. I don't know about the rest of you. Uh, the tradition in my home is bed at like 930. Um, I don't care in the slightest about being up until that last moment. But I love the new year and what it signifies. I, I love to be reminded that as long as there's air in our lungs, we have a fresh start every morning. But now we have this opportunity to think, all right, can we, can we look back on 2022 and think about those things that we, we, are, we could say, you know what, I'm glad this happened, or I'm glad that I grew in this way. Or maybe I could do something a little bit better, a little bit different as we're going into 2023. Like, maybe start the year off with not messing up your microphone while you're talking. We're going to pray, and then we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Dear Heavenly Father, God, just thank you for new starts, for new beginnings. Thank you for the price that you have paid that we could even be in the race. Thank you, God, for, for giving us the endurance to run it, for giving us your spirit to empower it. God, help us to not just be a church that seeks to learn, to, that, that seeks to just kind of sit on the sidelines, but help us to be a church that is on the track, that is running hard because the stakes are high. God, as we go to your word this morning, may you just speak to us through it, through me even. May, may, may it cause us to take that step closer to you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27 says this. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable so I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Now, uh, let's talk about what, what Paul is referring to in this text here. In this text, Paul is referring to exercising self-control. He's referring to exercising self-control. But what is he exercising self-control for? Is he like a Buddhist attempting to control his mind, body, and spirit and, and align it into one for greater enlightenment? Or is there something different here? What's so important to Paul that he would train like an athlete? That, that he would put uh, his mind, his body, and subject them to training to be sure to be sure that he doesn't fail. What's so important? To find that out, we have to back up a couple of verses. 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23. Now my fingers don't work. I'll use my paper. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. 
I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessings. Then he goes on to talk about the race. So what is he training for? What is he um, um, uh, trying to build up the self-control for? It's for the sake of the gospel. For the sake of the gospel. See, Paul was already, he had already attained salvation through the blood of Christ. The finished work of the cross and the resurrection like many of us. But he trained for this race for the sake of the gospel. Friends, every single one of us is called to do the same. None of us are here to be spectator Christians. None of us ought to be sitting in the stands watching the race go on in front of us. All of us are athletes in this sense and should be training and disciplining ourselves for this race. Paul would train in order to bring as many people from every background possible to a saving knowledge and acceptance of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Brian, what if we had that same aspiration as a church this year, 2023? What if we all started at the starting line thinking, we're going to do all that we can, any means possible to win those around us to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Are we willing to put in the work? Are we willing to have a plan? Are we willing to execute a plan? Are we willing to leave it all on the track? Or are we satisfied sitting on the sidelines? What if we came to the starting line ready this year? The big idea this morning is this. To get the best start this year, we must come to the line prepared with a plan and a willingness to leave it all on the track have to have a plan come to line prepared with a plan and a willingness to leave it all on the track first point this morning is this that we need to come to the line prepared for the race whatever sport you might participate in it would be foolish to think you could just show up one day and just be effective in that sport right it would be foolish to think that now you might have watched michigan game yesterday go blue right am i right no okay a couple of claps. I'll just take my sip of my coffee. Sorry, Drew. Chairman of the board, just let me know I'm fired. You know, you don't want to come to a game like Michigan came to that game in the first quarter yesterday. I'm sorry. It was a bad idea. Can you imagine, it, like, again, can you imagine? I have these hurdles up here. All right. These hurdles are probably lower than, like, the women's height. We got them all the way down. You imagine, you, you haven't done any training whatsoever. You just show up one day and you think, I'm going to do 200 hurdles. And I'm going to beat some people, man. Would you ever show up to a race and try that, having not prepared at all? Having not ever jumped over a hurdle? You need to come to the line prepared. You need to come to the line with a plan to win. Knowing some things about this race that we are in. But you also need to know a couple of things about yourself. You need to know your own strengths and your own weaknesses. And you need to make plans to deal with them both. Of course, you want to exploit your strengths and suppress your weaknesses or make them stronger. If you are strong in a certain area, you build yourself up to exploit those, certain, I'm sorry, those strengths. Uh, where you are weak, you look for ways to negate the negative effects of your weakness. When it comes to sharing our faith with people, I, I, I hear a lot of I hear a lot of conversations that happen around that. Like, I'm introverted, so I don't want to start up a conversation with somebody. Listen, it's easy for me to say as an extrovert, 
but that's an excuse. And it won't do anybody any good. You say, well, I'm an introvert, though, and God made me that way. Yes, maybe so. How can you use that? How can you use that for the sake of the gospel? Because I believe you can. Are you praying and asking God, God, I'm an introvert. I don't really like talking to people. But your word has made it very clear that I need to be sharing uh, your gospel with others. How can you use my, my personality for your glory in this way? Are you asking that or are you just saying, well, he didn't make me an extrovert so I don't need to talk to people? Or, or how about you extrovert? That, that, that you might think it's easier. Well, you're an extrovert so it's easier. You know, oftentimes extroverts talk about everything except what they need to talk about. Maybe you need to get a little more disciplined with how you are carrying on a conversation. Use that strength for all that it's intended to be. You're, you're the person who, you know, you're sitting down and your waitress comes up and you talk to her for five minutes. Are you going anywhere with that? Are you disciplined in those conversations or is it just wasted time? Well, I just want to be nice. Well, share the gospel. That's nice. We need to know our strengths. We need to know our weaknesses. We also need to know what the race is that we're in. I mean, if we don't know what race we're in, we're in a lot of trouble, aren't we? I missed my whole, I looked at the wrong paper on my first point. You might have noticed that on the screen. Next time I'm sick, where's Phil? You're preaching. Come to the line prepared for the race. Come to the line prepared for the race. Oh my goodness. So you want to prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what, the, what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Paul wouldn't let anything get in his way for his preparation. He wanted to make sure that he was fully prepared in every way possible and wants the church to be fully prepared in every way possible as well. He's coming to the line prepared. Are we coming to the line prepared? Well, how are, what are some things that we can do to prepare ourselves? Well, first of all, we need to know the Word of God. But I want to make a point. I want to say something about this because if we know the Word of God and we don't put it into action... It's kind of like that knowledge puffs, puffs us up, right? We need to put it into action. You know, imagine, you know, football players, they go to the weight room and they lift weights for hours and hours and hours. Why do they do that? Is it for the lifting of the weights? No, it helps prepare them for the field. Not a perfect analogy, but you get where I'm going here. We, we, we read the Bible. We, we, we do Bible study for purpose. So that, yes, so that we can know God better, but so we can also present the gospel to others in a more compelling way. But Bible study is important. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a work, worker who has <clears throat> no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. You cannot rightly handle this if you do not know it. We need to spend time in prayer. Philippians 4, 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
Are you spending time in the Word? Are you spending time in prayer? You also need to spend some time with your teammates. If you look around this room right now, the people in it are your teammates. They're on your team. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. We need to help one another, spur one another on into righteousness. Hebrews 10.25, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all, all the more as you see the day drawing near. You know, this last couple of years have been very interesting when it comes to this. People are trying to redefine what it means to come together as if we can come together on this internet and never look eyeball to eyeball and have relationship with the people around us. Friends, that's not coming together. Now, if you're watching online, I'm glad you are. And some of you, that's your only option right now. And we totally understand that. And we wish you were here with us. But for others, it's not a permanent solution, just a temporary one. We must come together, be around people who are going to spur us on. We also need to spend some time with the coach. 1 John 1, 1-4 says this, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest and we have seen it and testify it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us that which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Listen to this time with the coach. Listen to the first couple parts of this, these, the, the first two verses here. Um, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, we have touched with our hands. They have immersed themselves in, with time with their coach, with God. Are we spending quiet time with God? Are you spending time with God? Yes, God's primary way of communicating with you is through his word. That's his primary way of communicating with you. But are we spending that quiet time disconnecting, turning off the electronics and just saying it's just me and God for a few moments? We, if we are not doing that, we can't come to the line prepared. Listen to the voice of, listen for the voice of God in your lives. In order for you to do that, you must be quiet in front of him and before him. Again, our main idea this morning is to get the best start this year. We must come to the line prepared with a plan and a willingness to leave it all on the track. The second point, come to the line with a plan to win. I'm going to skip the first part of this point because I already did it. Sometimes you have a plan and you don't execute it. Maybe that would be the next point. Not only do you need to know your own strengths and weaknesses, which I talked just briefly about, but you need to know who your opponents are. Now, I'm not talking about other Christians running from the prize. We're going to step away from that for a moment. We're going to talk about two enemies, what's inside and what's outside of us. But we need to know where our opponents are strong and where are their weaknesses. Our opponents to running the race well, first of all, is the enemy within. 1 John 2.16 For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. Friends, all three of these things, desires of the flesh, desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, 
All three can take you out of the race. All three of them. In fact, all of the sins that we could commit would fall under one of those three categories. The, the, the King James calls it the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Anything that we could do could, that would take us out of the race would fall into one of those categories. That's the enemy within. The enemy without. 1 Peter 5, 8, 9, you know this, these verses. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood uh, throughout the world. You do have an enemy that wants to take you out of the race, and he is watching you very, very patiently. He is waiting for you to, to show a weakness that he can exploit, and he is ready to pounce, is what this text tells us. We need to resist him. We need to resist him. To get the best start this year, we must come to the line prepared with a plan and a willingness to leave it all on the track. And that is the third point this morning, to come to the line ready to leave it all on the track. Uh, tomorrow, if I'm upright and feeling okay, uh, I have a, my first actual chapel uh, with the Lake Erie Monsters. So I don't know if you've heard of the team. It's the Columbus Blue Jackets affiliate out of Cleveland. Um, and I'm starting off doing chapels with their players once a week. Uh, starting tomorrow and it's something that I've done in the past I did it for five years in Alaska I was a chaplain for a professional hockey team and there's some things you get to know when you're around professional athletes there is no off button there really isn't I, these guys train like nobody I've ever seen before in my life you know you might think well they're in the minor leagues well a lot of these guys are going back and forth between the NHL and the AHL they're all in the top physical condition that you can possibly be in. One of the things that when I first started working for the team in Alaska that kind of struck me as odd, before the game even started, the team worked out for probably two hours. Worked out, not just stretched, run, do some weights, do some bike, do some all kinds of things. Like They work out harder than most people will in a week before a game on game day just to be prepared why do you think they're doing all of that because they know somebody else is going to work harder if they don't they know the game's already lost if they don't work harder than the other team they have to show up doing having done everything they can possibly do to be ready for the game because they know their opponents will be ready for the game and they don't want to just go and to be in the game they want to go and they want to win the game Church, let's not just be satisfied being on the track while it's better than being in the stands. Let's come to the track wanting to win. And if we're going to do that, we have to be familiar with and accept this confluence of grit and grace. I've talked about this before. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. Grace is all what God gives us. Our opportunities, our skill set, our giftedness. Grit is what we do with it. Grit is what we do with it. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, this is grace. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. That's what God does. What we do with it, what we do with our new lives, though, requires action. Continue reading in verse 10. 
For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You have been made for good works. This is the grit part. You have to do something with the grace that God has given you if you are going to compete in this race. We know that we are spirit-powered, and it is him who does all the heavy lifting. But we can't use that as an excuse to not work hard on kingdom things. We have to discipline ourselves like athletes. You know, I appreciate the fact that all of you are sitting here on New New Year's Day. That says something about you and your desire to be in the race. Same, if you're watching online, you are taking the time out of your day, whether it's today or tomorrow or I don't know how that works. But you're taking time out of your day to be prepared for the race. That's, that's good, but it can't stop here. You guys, one of the things as a staff that we, that we just we wrestle with, we can only give you so much, but it's your race to run. Did, did you know that the church, this isn't the race. This is the huddle before the race to send out to the race. Do you get that? Once you're on the track, it's you and God and your opponents. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Are you here to win? Are you here to see people have their lives transformed and changed by the power of the gospel? Are you ready to dis- discipline yourself like an athlete for the sake of the gospel? Because that is what we've been called into. I'm afraid we have a generation of spectator Christians who are satisfied with watching others do the work of the gospel. I think there's going to be a lot of tears wiped away at that Bema seat, realizing that we weren't prepared and we didn't do all that we could do for the sake of the gospel. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says this, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving Lord, the Lord Christ. Again, your salvation is held by God. But what are we doing with that? What are we doing with that good news? I want to encourage you, get in the race and stay in it when it gets hard. Have you, anybody here gone to a cross-country race or a, um, uh, any kind of track meet? inevitably in high school especially you'll go to one of these track meets if it's maybe a half mile mile or two miles there will always be the kid who comes out way too hard right and what that what happens to them somewhere in the race somebody just yell it they hit the wall right and it's this painful excruciating thing to watch them finish the race once they've hit the wall you could just kind of see it. There's just momentum just dies down, and then it's just all grit from there. And it's really hard. Here's the thing. Everybody who is in the race, you're going you're to experience some sort of trial in the race. You're going to experience that. Be prepared to hit the wall. Be, be ready to fight through it. James 1.12, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Be ready for it to be hard. Be disciplined to fight through it. Again, I want to tell you this morning that every day is a new day 
to line up at the starting line. This new year that we have, that, that we're celebrating today, this 2023, are you ready for the race this year? What might need to change in your life for the sake of the gospel? What muscles might you need to exercise so that you are prepared? Are you spending time in the Word? Are you spending time in prayer? Are you spending time with one another? Do you have those quiet moments with God so that He can prepare you? I want to encourage you, if you don't do it perfectly today, and you probably won't, that tomorrow is also a new day. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Whatever happened in 2022 and before, that's in the past. Look for today and tomorrow. What's before you? Today is the beginning of a new year. What are you going to do with it? You know, if you go back to this day in 2022, what were your goals and expectations? Did you achieve them? Sure, there are some fails and some trials along the way. What are you going to do this year differently than last? Today, again, it's the beginning of a new year. What are you going to do with it? As Christians, we will all one day stand before Christ who will be sitting on that Bema seat, ready to reward us for the race that we have run. Ask yourself, will you be satisfied with what you have accomplished? Will you regret what has been left undone? Did you run a race that you can be proud that you gave it all? You know, one of the things that Jesus would do, and we, we, we remember this together, is kind of huddle up his team and he would serve them this communion. We're going we're gonna to take just a couple of moments and start the year off by, by celebrating communion as a, as a family. I'm going to ask the band to come forward. I'm going to ask the deacons to come forward. The way we do this here, by the way, it's, called, it's an open communion, which means you don't have to be a member of our local church, but you do have to be a follower of Jesus Christ. If you put your faith, hope, and trust in Him as your Lord, then you are welcome to participate uh, in this communion service with us. As the guys go around and pass uh, out the elements, and I, um, we'll have somebody come up in the balcony as well. If you have a gluten allergy, if you just raise up your hand so that we know which one of you has the gluten free, it's up here in the front. Um, just let us know who has a gluten allergy and we'll make sure we get you those uh, elements. As we come to this point in our service and we're going to be celebrating communion together, we have the opportunity to remember how we got put in this race to begin with. You see, we were enemies with God. It wasn't that we just weren't following Him. We were enemies with God. When He saw fit to come to this world, live a perfect life, and willingly die on our behalf so that we might live. And when we celebrate this Lord's Supper or communion together. We have this little piece of bread 
And when we take it, we remember how Jesus' body was brutalized as he paid for our sin. And we have this little cup of juice that reminds us of the blood that he spilled to cover our sin. As the guys pass out the elements, we're just going to have a moment of, of just kind of quiet reflection. As we do a couple of things, first that we thank God for what he has done for us. But also, as we consider the ways that we need to get stronger. Maybe there's a sin that we need to repent from. Maybe there's a relationship that needs restoration and healing. Maybe there's a discipline, again, that we need to, that we need to work on. But let's just take a moment of quiet reflection and ask God about those things. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the opportunity to kind of pivot here and and have some time of reflection. God, we also, just thinking through this sermon and these, your word, we thank you that we don't have to be the ones to earn salvation. We, we thank you that you have paid the price. We, we thank you that you have done what is necessary that we might have hope that we might have a living hope. And God, while we do this pretty regularly, help it to never become novel. Or help it to never become just something that we do for no reason. But help us to remember the price that was paid on our behalf. That we love you in Jesus' name. Has everybody get received the elements? Raise your hand if you haven't and need them. 1 Corinthians 11, starting at verse 23, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and we had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.